It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome again to another Estate Planning Essentials program aggressively committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting essentially virtually with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael E. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well, first of all, my middle initial, of course, is P, and so I don't know what E stands for. But before you answer that question, mm-hmm. I want to wish everybody a healthy and happy new year, and I hope 2021 is better than 2020. <laughs> yes. So, what, so what's, what's the E stand for? Um, well, early? Well, uh, um, early? No. Actually, you could say it's electronic, but more importantly, it's end of the year. So you kind of set me up. By, say, by wishing everybody a happy end of the year and a happy new year. So it's E for end of the year, and thank God we're there. Yeah, I, I like to put 2020 behind us and uh, hope for a healthier and happier year for all. Uh, as you're talking, uh, you know, me and acronyms and things like that, and E also stands for the education that you so willingly give us every single week that I'm so grateful for. I'm not sure the audience understands this, but when I was uh, shaving this morning, Michael, I was thinking... I don't think you and I missed one program this entire year in light of the COVID virus. I mean, we changed the way we did it um, in terms of being virtual on the phone. But I think for 52 straight weeks, we have done a show every single week so that it's current and very helpful for the audience. Is that right to your knowledge? Yeah, it's absolutely correct. Uh, we, you know, the audience doesn't probably realize that prior to the pandemic, I used to go into the radio station we would record there where there was, of course, higher quality of sound. But here um, we do it virtually because that's the world that we now live in. Mm-hmm. And so we hope that someday we'll be coming back to the station and and uh, uh, doing things again there live. Uh, but, you know, we are what we are today. Yeah. And I think at least the information, it doesn't really matter. We are, yeah, we had to do a lot of things that were current. Throughout the pandemic, there's you know different laws have changed. The laws continue to change, as we know, uh, recently with the Stimulus Act. Right. So we expect that there'll be more laws that change, and everything will still stay current, no matter what the type of communication might be. That's very true. Last week, we talked about the do's and don'ts uh, that people, when it comes to people making mistakes with estate planning, and... I remember, without looking at my notes, the first thing you said in that one of the biggest mistakes is to not have a plan at all. And you've been stating that since the day you became an attorney, basically, because of the fact that it could create so much chaos for the beneficiaries. And today's show, we want to address that because we have another individual who you would think never in a million years would not have a plan, and he didn't. You know, we've talked in the past about different celebrities, uh, Aretha Franklin, Prince, and others that uh, did not have any kind of uh, existing estate plan. And we had another one that died about a month ago, and 
and Tony Shea. Now, many people may or may not know who Tony Shea is, but he, if, if you've heard of Zappos, uh, then that may be uh, – he was the owner until he sold to Amazon, right. oh, I think, uh, eight years ago or something like that. But he was the, still the CEO, I believe, until uh, earlier this year. Right. He sold it for like $1.2 billion. Goodness. And this is after he had uh, sold another thing to – Another company he had founded earlier. He was only 46 years old. Wow. He was not married. He did not have children. Mm. But, you know, he had made hundreds of millions of dollars, and uh, his estate had hundreds of millions of dollars, probably 750 or 800-some-odd million dollars, yet he had no estate plan. And then you might say, well, gee, he wasn't married. He didn't have children, so what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Well, there could be a lot of reasons why it doesn't matter, why it matters, rather. Uh, you might not care, but you sure make it more difficult, and you, on, on whomever has to deal with your estate, and you have a lot of mess. I mean, first of all, of course, the you would go by laws of intestacy of the state in which he lived. By the way, he was a, he lived, uh, I believe he had moved to Utah. He had when he had the, he wanted to make a new place near Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. He bought this company, um, uh, kind of like a new Silicon Valley in, in Nevada. Uh, but then he he was a lonely guy. He went to Utah. This is just kind of as a personal note. Uh, and he bought a bunch of property, like hundred I don't know how many millions and millions of dollars worth of property. So his friends would move nearby, and he promised them double the salary because. You know, he wanted to be by friends, and uh, he had the ability to do so. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, with the pandemic, he was very lonely. But that's not why how he died. He died in a smoke in, in, uh, inhalation uh, from a fire when he was with his brother. But mm-hmm. in any event, he had no plan. And when you don't have a plan, uh, there's lots of things that could go wrong. Uh, first of all. The wrong people might get your assets. Maybe he wanted to go to his brother, or maybe he wanted to go to his friends. Mm-hmm. But when you don't make a plan, it goes by the laws of the state that you live in. Mm. In Texas, uh, that would be his closest relatives would be his parents. Mm. He may not have wanted his parents to be the beneficiaries. He may. It could be that he was estranged from them. It could be that uh, there was. They could have had some tax issues that we are not aware of. It could be that somebody was disabled. It could be that um, he wanted things to go to those friends. So, uh, you know, when you're when you're when you when you don't make a plan, whether it be a will or a trust, then you go by the state's laws. And a lot of times, people are even confused by the state's laws. You know, where we really see the issues a lot of times are on second marriages. The what happens is that let's say the uh, you're survived by a spouse, but mm-hmm. the person who died first, the spouse that died first, had children from a prior relationship. Yeah. If you don't have a plan, then the uh, surviving spouse will be partners with the children from the prior relationship. And you may not get, they may not, they may even have lost contact with the deceased spouse, may have even lost contact with those people, yet they may be a beneficiary. It happens all the time. I know, um, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody who was um, 
going through who was who was younger. She was she's like forty years old. I say younger. Then Tony Shea was forty six when he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was talking to somebody recently who forty has a child from a prior marriage. She's estranged from her husband. He's moved out of the house, and even though she may have uh, purchased that property, if he moved. He, if he was still living in the house, he would have the ability to continue to live in the house, even though they were estranged, because under Texas law, he has a right to a, what's called a life estate to live in that home. And is that something that the the wife uh, would have wanted? Uh, she would want things to go to her children, and that's without question. So if you don't do anything, then you just leave it up to the the state to determine how your assets go, and that may be um, the the states. You have in effect the will by the state, and we probably uh, should, if we love whoever it is that we want things to go to, uh, then we should do a plan and not make it and have it go the way you want, as opposed to the way the state might say. Right. The second problem is that to determine what the state says, you have to go by the state's laws, which means that uh, if you don't have, let's say, a beneficiary designation or there was property or whatever, uh, that you may have to go to court uh, to determine, first of all, who the heirs are. You know, just even even if you say, oh, I only have one child, if you don't have, let's say, a will or perhaps a trust, um, the... Uh, the, the court is going to appoint a, an attorney to determine who the if there's any unknown heirs. Mm. Uh, I remember we talked on a show many years ago about a case where uh, all these people come out of the woodwork. And usually that's what happens, with especially with these celebrities. You know, we hear it all the time. Prince, all these different relatives said that they were relatives or they were children or this or that. Same thing with all these celebrities. When they're, they're all of a sudden they say, "Oh yeah, I'm a. This is how I'm related, and give me a portion of that, that estate." Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, I remember we had somebody said, "Okay, these are the 17 relatives uh, that we have," and uh, the uh, as soon as we file the application for determination of who the heirs might be, all of a sudden we get things from coast to coast saying that they're an heir. And how do they find out? Well, in this information age, uh, one of these companies, I'm not going to say any particular names, contacted all these potential heirs and said, we think we'll take a share of the estate uh, if you are an heir. And, uh, and so they, you know, they had to even go, we had to even go back to baptismal records to determine who the heirs, the rightful heirs were. So, it goes through a lot more of an expense. So not only is there an attorney for, well, let's say, who we think the heirs are, but there'll be an attorney for the unknown heirs. And then if you have to do something like uh, uh, if there's creditors, well, then you have to go through the court. And can people agree on who's going to be in charge of the estate? The court may appoint an administrator um, to be in charge. And will you have to have court supervision every time you sell something? Or, you know, you'll have different claims. It's going to be easier for people to make claims uh, against the estate when you don't 
have a plan probably. And so, uh, so now you have to deal with the courts, which is going to take a long time. And, uh, so, and probably a lot of money. You, we've heard about, uh, even on, uh, different situations when people do have some plans, uh, where there's, uh, different lawsuits and things like that, which could create a problem. But here, uh, there will even be more problems when there's unknown, uh, not only unknown heirs, but you have to take care of those creditors of the estate. So that's problem number two of why you need a plan. And number three, what about taxes? Could he have saved on maybe either estate taxes or income taxes or anything by some planning? A lot of times people have charitable trust, or if they're married, they do different type of planning to save on taxes. So if you have a plan, then a lot of times people want to save their money for the people that they love or for the charities that they desire. Uh, So, uh, you know, do you, again, want to have to uh, pay unnecessary taxes? Remember, we joked about it, uh, I think, when... Uh, unfortunately, when Prince passed and he had no estate plan and he lived in Minnesota, uh, we said the state of Minnesota, which had probably had state taxes at the time, and I don't know if they still do or not, uh, as well as the federal government says, we appreciate the gift. We certainly like to reduce our, our the deficit of the, estate, of the state of Minnesota or the United States uh, <laughs> Treasury because of your failure to plan. You're paying a lot more taxes. So thank right. you, Prince. <laughs> and probably thank you, Tony Shea, in this case, because you're all of a sudden paying more taxes. All right, so, so the government's grateful, and the attorneys are, uh, of course, always oh, yeah. grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not only attorneys, but there's administrators. There might be, you know, trustees um, for the estate. Um, there might be uh, whoever the administrators are, rather. Uh, they'll have to be paid a fee for gathering up the assets, paying, investing, paying the bills, you know, there's always a lot of – that's where it's to be a lot of different issues uh, with the heirs. And they say, well, how much is going to to these all these professionals? Because whether it be the, uh, let's say, a bank or an attorney or a CPA, they're going to get paid their fees. And uh, I guess they should send a thank you note to the deceased or the deceased estate for failure to plan so that they generate so much revenue. Uh, we obviously think that we rather things go the way you want as opposed to paying all those extra fees and all those unnecessary extra expenses by just some probably generally simple planning that could have been done. But, you know, sometimes you your decision is when you fail to act, you've made a decision, that omission to act, which cost you or the ones that you would love to get things to go the way you would like. And really, that's a big mistake. Um, it's 2021 now. We know that um, 2020 is over, and all the unimaginable things that have happened um, are things of the past. doesn't mean they can't happen in the future, but uh, it was just a, such an insane year that people should be that much more inspired, in my mind, to make things right and to ensure that their plan is carried out the way they want. And in my mind, after knowing Michael for five six, seven years now, there's only really one effective and safe way to do that, and that is to, to attend his next workshop, which is online. So it's a virtual Zoom workshop, and that is on Saturday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. So it's coming up in less than a week, 
and you should sign up for that workshop. So, Michael, tell them all about it. Well, it's a, it's free. Mm-hmm. It's two hours. We mm-hmm. ask people, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Is it something about wills and trusts? Is it something about Medicaid? Is it something about veterans' benefits? Is there something about any tax laws that are just changing or maybe changing? It could be some people might even ask, I don't know, well, the new stimulus uh, plan, who knows? We never know what people will uh, be asking about. Uh, you know, this past year there's been lots of different changes in laws like the SECURE Act uh, where retirement accounts affected your beneficiaries. And then, uh, of course, we had the CARES Act. And, uh, of course, now we have a new stimulus package, and so sometimes that and, – and a new president. So mm-hmm. so the – uh, we anticipate that there will always be changes in laws, and so will that be something that people ask about? I don't know. Every every workshop is different because we never know what questions people are going to ask. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we start off. We say, what do you want to know? It's free. Uh, and then we address those those questions, and uh, and, it, and, and you're going to learn not only the answers, hopefully, to your questions, but you'll see what other people's situations might be, and mm-hmm. it could be that you'll learn something from that as well. And maybe it makes you think about your own situation that you hadn't even thought about. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. If you do go to that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, only for those people who attend, we will also give you a free one-hour what we call vision meeting to look at your individual situation. We'll look at your existing documents if you have them and uh, see what and your beneficiary designations, if that's applicable. And we will see what if, if your plan is the way that you want it. It could be that things have changed and your plan, um, you know, with laws changing, things like that, maybe what you did years ago or relatively recent could have been changed, could be changed. You know, with the SECURE Act, um, a lot of the plans that we had done in 2000 uh, in 19 had to change for 2020. Mm-hmm. So even if the estate plan wasn't old, because some of the laws that have changed, uh, that the, you know, whatever, the, whenever the government makes a change in things, it could affect your plan. Of course, relationships change, money changes, people, mm-hmm. uh, their assets may have changed during 2020. Uh, a lot of times people's assets went down in 2020. Uh, the And so whatever it may be, we look and see if what your plan was then is still good now, and you will know about whatever options are out there to see if there's something that you would like to cover that you don't have to cover or you haven't covered uh, without any ab- obligation. So in other words, you're getting three free hours of estate planning education without charge. And Super. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a long, long time. He's probably, yeah. I think you averaged, what, 10 to 15 workshops a year, and you've probably done up to, what, 100 maybe by now, 50 to 100? Well, I, I'm sure it's been more. You know, right this year we've been doing um, 
since the pandemic, we do them uh, al- almost every two weeks, two to three weeks, wow. generally. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, uh, so if you so this year, there's probably been, I don't know how many, but uh, there's probably been closer to, um, oh, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 20, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually, pre-pandemic, it was once every three weeks. So if you do three and uh, 52, then you can do the math and you can see that it's still around that area, but we probably did it more frequently this year. So, yeah, so we we do that because it's, you know, a lot of times things are happening on a daily basis, uh, laws change. Uh, and so uh, not that laws change on a daily basis, but uh, we keep things, try to keep things current so that people can know whatever it is and uh, at that time without uh, waiting uh, and this gives them that opportunity without any pressure of any obligation they have to do anything by coming into an attorney's office. You just click on a Zoom link, which we tell people how to do if they don't have Zoom. We make it. We actually have somebody who helps you through it, where you could just look at your if you have an iPhone or if you have a laptop, where you could just make it very simple by just clicking a button, and then um, we'll welcome you to the new age, the new normal and kind of go through things to make sure that things are the way you want under your terms and conditions, at least to know what is best for your situation. Very good. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElder, E-L-D-E-R, Lawyer.com to sign up or dial 214-720-0102, It's interesting, Michael, because I found um, when I read about this gentleman, um, Tony Shea, um, it, it makes me go back to the Robin Williams mess, too. You've told us for years now how if you die, your wife can stay in your home forever and all of this. And apparently with Robin Williams, the children, I'm sorry if I'm setting you up with this one because we didn't discuss it before the show, but his children complain that Williams provided for his wife to continue to live in the home that they shared after he passed, even though the children we're going to eventually inherit the home. Do you remember that? I, 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 what I remember about that case, which I thought was pretty alarming, was that there was a question in the will about the personal property. And this was Robin Williams' fourth wife, and they didn't want to give – the children didn't want her to get her wedding dressed. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, because oh. it was it, – the way it was worded in his will – was that all the possessions in the home, even if she may have the right to live in the home, belonged to the children. Mm-hmm. Well, the wedding dress was in the home, and so uh, they were arguing. Uh, so I thought that was the uh, yeah. one of the bigger things. So, you know, we've had shows on personal property that, you know, you can make specific requests and things like that. But a lot mm-hmm. of times people have residuary clauses that says everything goes, let's say, to the spout, the everyday living type things go to children or whatever. Right. And so in this case, they weren't detailed enough as to say, oh, okay, I want these things to go to surviving spouse, and I want these things. Uh, A lot of times people do different types of ways to, if they think there's going to be a contest, then they ought to be a little bit uh, more clear or clearer uh, on what they want to go to whom. I mean, it's just interesting when you slap together stepmothers and stepchildren. You just know what can break loose. It seems like... It's just uh, a bomb ready to go off once 
in, uh, that uh, that pivotal common denominator individual passes away, it almost seems like that's almost guaranteed a problem because you've you've said that over the years. It's the matter well, of the step stepchildren, right? And, and it could be even that you know there's a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, a lot of family members don't talk either, even if they are uh, siblings of the same blood. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately in life, um, oh, this one's always gotten more than I have gotten. Right. Why do they always get more? It could be that you want to give somebody more because you say, oh, this child has done very well. They don't need the money, or this child has been taking care of me, and so I want them to get more, or this child is disabled, uh, so maybe I want more because they're going to need more. Remember, there's no God-given right to an equal share right. uh, and, and or anything, mm-hmm. for that matter. Remember, we talked about the uh, French Elvis on a show nuts ago that died. Mm-hmm. He left everything to his uh, new wife in California, and under French law, the children had to, uh, in, under, in U.S. law was that, you know, you give to whomever you want. And under French law, however, uh, the decision was that you have to give a certain amount to your children. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, that got into um, what... If, if you're interested, listen to one of our podcasts. You know, all of our podcasts are on uh, on my website, DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very interesting scenario uh, on how that was determined. But that does get to, you know, a lot of conflict could mm-hmm. be avoided by just saying something, having your own plan. Uh, so as we start 2021... Don't make it difficult for your kids or your family or your loved ones or your spouse, whoever it may be. It could be friends. It could be charity. It could be anything. But, you know, things, bad things could go. And even if you do have an inheritance, it could go to the, let's, you know, we just talked about somebody who was, if they're disabled, but you might want more to go. But they inherit assets. A lot of times people have public benefits or they can't handle things, so they may have to seek guardianship and they uh, that they didn't have to before because now they inherit assets or maybe they would lose public benefits by the inheritance. It, it's so many different things that could go wrong, but there's one good thing. As we begin 2020 and we have our New Year's resolutions, maybe we plan to tell our loved ones that we love them by doing their own planning to, so that things go where you protect not only yourself, of course, if you're disabled, or your loved ones upon your death. Don't make it difficult for them. It's very, it could be something very simple. And a lot of times just people just overlook little things. It could be anything from passwords and digital assets to uh, disability is big things like disability, uh, not only the disability of your heirs, because we don't know what the condition of any of our beneficiaries would be at our death, or your own disability. And so that's another thing of plan planning that we didn't even mention here in the show today. There's one way one way to do that. One one way is to to make it simple and quite frankly cheap and without obligation is to go to the next workshop on January 9th, as you mentioned. Very good. Sign up for that today. DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com. Dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two two one four. Seven two zero zero one zero two. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and to all.
leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 